Is it a trap? Social media giant TikTok has a billion users worldwide, but the U.S. government is concerned users' data can be passed on to the Chinese government. Many are concerned about the app owned by Beijing-based ByteDance. Is the clock ticking down for TikTok? Last week, their CEO, Sho Zichu, was grilled by Congress. How much user data is being shared with his communist government? Chu said he has seen no evidence of his government spying on U.S. citizens. But many in the cybersecurity world say there are signs this is the case. Now the Biden administration is asking TikTok's parent company to sell or be banned. Are they a Trojan horse, perhaps? Judas thought he had Jesus trapped when he betrayed him. But little did he know his treason was part of God's great plan of redemption. Do you feel trapped in your sin? Turn to Jesus. He can set you free. Welcome to Haven Today here on Friday. I'm Charles Morris sharing the great story that's all about Jesus. And we're wrapping up a series called Darkness to Light. All week. We've been thinking about how Jesus walked through the darkest week in order to lead to the brightest day ever, Resurrection Sunday. And today we come in our series to the darkest day ever, Good Friday. And I know we're a week early, but that's with good intention. I really wanted all of us to get our hearts ready for Easter this year. Too often we wake up and it's Easter, and we really haven't savored what our Savior has done. And joining me all week has been Pastor Marty Mikowski. He's going to help us think about Good Friday and the importance of Christ's final words, It is finished. Now, Marty has written a most helpful book for individuals as well as for families to help people better understand the Easter story. But just like the Jesus Storybook Bible, this helpful Easter devotional is blessing adults as well. Marty calls Darkest Night, Brightest Day an upside-down book. I'd never heard that term before. So I asked him to explain what it means and how his book works. Well, you start with the triumphal entry, and then each day you walk through the days of Jesus leading up to Good Friday and then Holy Saturday, um, where Jesus is in the tomb, um, and what I've done is I've just taken all the accounts from the Gospels, the pieces of information that are not all in one place. Uh, we don't see the same stories in each of the Gospels. And I've put them together to create a chronology of the days of Jesus leading up to his death. And then Easter Sunday, you flip the book around from the darkest night to the brightest day, your kids wake up Easter morning and you begin with a resurrection story. And then the days following, you read about the appearances of Christ, mm -hmm. Jesus on the road to Emmaus, where he appears to the disciples, uh, Jesus when he appears to doubting Thomas. And we see uh, these appearances of Jesus and how he relates to the disciples to show that he, in fact, is risen. He's eating fish with them. He's saying, touch my hands. I'm real. I'm not a ghost. <laughs> I am alive. That's Marty Mikowski. He's a pastor outside Philadelphia. 
And as I said, he'll be back with us in a moment to talk about Good Friday. And then after the program, I want to send you this book he just described. It's called Darkest Night, Brightest Day, A Family Devotional for Easter. Start a new tradition with the children in your life by giving them this book. Order today and we'll do our best to get it to you to include in an Easter basket. But no matter when you read this devotional, it will explain the gospel message found in Easter in an easy-to-understand and inspiring way. And if you'd like to send Darkest Night, Brightest Day directly to someone else that you love, we can do that with a note from you and send it on to them. After the program, why don't you go to our website? That's a good place to start. And there you can look at the sample pages from the book and see how wonderful it is. And then make your gift at haventoday.org, haventoday.org. Or call us after this program at 800-65-HAVEN, 800-65-HAVEN. And now let's open the program with Aaron Schust. The head that once was crowned with thorns Is crowned with glory now The Savior knelt to wash our feet Now at His feet we bow Your Fear that held us now gives way to Him who is our peace. His final breath upon the cross is now alive in vain. Your name, your name is victory.
resurrecting. The power of the cross leading to the resurrection. Aaron Schust opening this haven today in a program called Darkness to Light. I'm Charles Morris. Every year we remember the final week of Jesus' earthly life. And every year we focus our attention on that fateful Friday, the darkest day in the history of the world. The day our Lord was nailed to a cross to be crucified. The day the Lord of glory was put to death, not for anything he did wrong, but for all those who were lost and in desperate need of salvation. We call it Good Friday because we understand that out of this darkness, the light broke through. Death didn't have the final say. Jesus Christ rose again from the dead. It was a dark day, but a bright morning was on the way. Darkness to light death to life, the pain of loss to the joy of resurrection. I wonder if you have experienced this in your own life. And no, I don't mean dying for the salvation of humanity. I mean the radical change of resurrecting power, the change from despair to joy, from death to life. It was something that Christ did. He died and he rose again. And he did it in real history, in real time. But it's now something that he does. He turns our morning into dancing, our darkest night into a brightest day. I spoke with Marty Mikowski about that Good Friday, the day Jesus was put up on the cross and put to death. And I want you to listen in on our conversation. Let's talk about the cross. It's probably the most significant event in all of human history, that even those who have not met Christ Jesus as Savior and Lord will someday finally realize. I once asked a famous New Testament scholar, how do I live the Christian life? And he thought for a moment, and then he responded. He said, make your way to the cross Hang on for dear life, for the rest of your life, until you're with Jesus face to face. You've written about the cross. What are your thoughts on this most significant day? The, the words of Jesus that are the, the most telling, I think, are when he says, My God, my God. Why have you forsaken me? Mm. Because we know the suffering, the the physical suffering of the cross, the nails, the the crown of thorns, the the beating before. Uh, But what isn't as apparent in that moment is the greater torture of the cross is when the wrath of God for the sins of the Lord's children are the poured out wrath of God upon Jesus Christ. God the Father forsakes his son. In in the Old Testament, we read the story of Abraham who uh, takes his only son to be sacrificed on the mountain. And at the last moment, God says, Abraham, Abraham, do not lay a hand on the boy. What we know from these words of Jesus is that the hand of God to slay the only son was not stayed. Jesus died. Hmm. And just before he died, he, he utters these 
telling words, three words, it is finished. What is finished? Not, not just his life. Yes, his life is about to end. But what is finished before his life is finished is the wrath of God fully poured out and satisfied. Now mm. he can die. Mm. I think about those final words of Jesus. Pastor in a suburb of Philadelphia, Marty Mikowski, thank you so much for joining us again. He's written a number of books, but especially this book on this darkest night and brightest day. Thank you for being on the program with us this week. The final words of Jesus. It is finished. In Greek, to telestai, Jesus knew what needed to happen, and he accomplished salvation on the cross by staying there until it was finished. The wrath of God poured out on Christ for the sins of the world. So many of our famous hymns point us back to that fateful day. It was my sin that held him there until it was accomplished. Oh, my sin, the bliss of this terrible thought. My sin, not in part, but the whole. Rock of ages cleft for me. I could keep going. My point is this. When we Christians think of the cross, two emotions come bubbling up. There's deep grief, but there's also joy. Deep grief comes bubbling up because we know our part in the death of Christ. We know our own heart. We know the things we are prone to do. We know the sins we are prone to wander into. We know that in our own lives, we behave like the very people that wanted Christ dead or abandoned him, or betrayed him. We act like the political and religious leaders of that day who treated Christ as just a tool. They used Jesus as a political move. He was drawing crowds away from them. He was threatening their power, they thought. So they used him to scare Pontius Pilate, the governor, into handing him over to be crucified. We use Jesus as a tool. We think of him as leverage. Like the disciples, we are unwilling to stand for Christ. When the opportunity arises, sometimes we find ourselves like Peter, denying everything and even swearing we never knew him. Like the crowds, we can be swept away in the emotions of our circumstances, finding ourselves cursing Jesus and calling for his death. We are like all of these, maybe even more. There's an old spiritual that was sung by slaves in the 19th century that I think captures this really well. It asks, were you there when they crucified my Lord? Were you there? And the point of the question isn't just to make us consider what it would be like to be there. Oh, it's much more deeper than that. It's to say that, yes, all of us were there. Our sin is no different. We were there calling for his death. We were there betraying him into the hands of hateful men. We were there making fun of him and beating him and putting the crown of thorns on his head. We were there nailing those nails through his hands and feet. We were there watching him suffer and die. And because we were there, because we had a hand in the darkest day of human history, we also will take part in the brightest dawn. 
The resurrection undoes and covers all of our sin. The resurrection declares that death did not have the final word. And that is good news for us because it means our sin will not have the final word. It's Christ who overcomes. Christ defeats death. And in doing so, he leads us and brings us into his love. We were there. Of course we were there when they crucified our Lord. But we were there when he conquered the grave. Now that really gives us new life. We focus so much on Good Friday because it was there and in the days to come that the entire course of history shifted. We were heading for death and destruction, but Jesus undid our sinning. We were living in darkness, actually loving the darkness we were living in, reveling in our own sin, but Jesus brought us into the light and showed us how desperately we need his cleansing blood. We were living without God, hopeless in the world of sin, cut off from all his blessings. But Jesus conquered death and brought us near to our Heavenly Father once again. By the power and the grace of Christ and in the Holy Spirit, we have access once again to the Lord. Yes, we were there. And yes, we will be there when he returns. We'll be there and we'll see him face to face. So for now, to live this life, this Christian life, in the face of all the world has to offer, we make our way to the cross. But we don't stop there. We make our way to the cross. We look forward to the resurrection, hanging on to the hope that Jesus gives, clinging to the grace that the resurrection secured. Good Friday put the fate of the world in the balance, but the Lord of glory could not be snuffed out for good. Resurrection Sunday was coming, and with it, a new creation, a new world for us. So my advice, my pleading to you today, is turn to Christ, trust in his grace, receive light to replace your darkness. my mind to Calvary where Jesus bled and died for me I see his wounds his hands his feet my savior on that cursed tree body bound and drenched in tears they laid him down in Joseph's tomb the entrance sealed by heavy stone Messiah still and all alone
song worship and oh praise the name here on haven today and if you've been listening this week you know we've been thinking about the darkest week in christ's life leading to the brightest day of all resurrection sunday and in light of the passion week or holy week as some call it i've really enjoyed talking with marty mikowski And you heard him when we began our time together talking about his helpful book called Darkest Night, Brightest Day, a family devotional for Easter. This illustrated upside-down book tells the story in a simple but inspiring way. And I've been blessed by what I've read in it, and I know you and, and children in your life will be as well. And let me suggest that this would make a great gift for kids in your life this season, coming up to Easter in another week. We have the books in our warehouse. We can send them directly to a loved one, ASAP, with a note from you. That's what uh, Kathy in Michigan did. She made two gifts to the ministry, and she asked that each book would be directly sent to a grandchild with a note from Grammy Cat. Well, thanks, Kathy. I, I know those you love will be blessed by your gift. So what about you? Well, for your gift to the ministry, I'll send you a copy or more of the Darkest Night, Brightest Day Easter devotional. Please go to our website. Look at those sample pages from the book that we've put up, and then you can make your gift there at haventoday.org, haventoday.org. Or call us right now at 800-65-HAVEN, 
800-865-HAVEN. And now we've got to go in a second, but let me remind you that the last two weeks we were talking about grace, receiving God's grace, giving God's grace through Jesus Christ. Why not both? We still have the new hardback Amazing Grace, the life of John Newton, and the surprising story behind his song. You can read a sample chapter we put up on our website. You can get it there or call us for copies to receive and to give. I'm Charles Morris. Thank you so much for joining me. Won't you come back again on Monday? When Holy Week begins, we'll be sharing the great story that's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. For your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. The golden rule is something found in the Bible that's made its way into all sorts of places outside of the confines of religious devotion. It's in movies, books, media, everywhere. Now, of course, it's never actually called the golden rule in Scripture, but Jesus does say it is one of the two most important commands. Love the Lord your God with everything that you have and love your neighbor as yourself. Or as Luke 6 puts it, as you wish to be treated by others, so also you shall do to them. It's not karma. It's a call to compassion for others. The same compassion that welcomed us in, sinners though we be. Christ's compassion, that's what saves us. Spend more time with Jesus. Visit GetAnchored.com.